0: I'm so excited this morning uh, with us introducing the topic that we'll be studying for this month. Today we will give you just a few highlights uh, on what we will be talking about. And I want us all just to go to the book of Genesis chapter 8. We will start there. Genesis chapter 8. The following weeks we will uh, be delving more into this topic. I'm going to read one verse. Genesis 8 verse 22 will be our main verse for uh, this subject that we are dealing with this month. And I'm reading from the King James Bible and other translations as well. It reads as follows. While the earth remains or remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. The New English translation reads, while the earth continues to exist, planting time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will not cease. The Message Bible reads, it's similar, for as long as the earth lasts, planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So there are things that will never cease for as long as the earth exists. Day and night will always be there. Summer and winter, or you can say all the four seasons, will always be there. But then the Bible tells us that planting time and harvest time will always be there. This is a law of nature. This is a principle that is set by God that will be there for as long as the earth remains. Now you do know about laws or principles. Laws were there, in this instance, we're talking about the laws of nature. These laws of nature were there before you and I were born. And laws work all the time. Whether you know they work or you don't know they work, they work. Laws work even when you are not aware you are putting them into motion, they continue working. We know that laws don't discriminate. It doesn't matter who you are, how old you are, what your background is. When you work a law, it works. If we had a a one-year-old baby walking up here on stage with me, and you know, through excitement, they kind of kept walking and walked to the edge of this platform and stepped off this platform. How many of you know that the law of gravity will not say this child doesn't know what they're doing? The law of gravity will say, "Hoy!" it will grab that child and throw them to the ground. So laws will work. Whether we know they work or they don't, we don't know they work, they will work all the time. So the Bible tells us that these laws work. And one of the laws we want to talk about is that law of planting and harvest. So we want to talk on the topic, the laws of the harvest. The laws of the harvest. When we read Genesis 8, it covers the story of the drying off of the waters after the flood that had destroyed the whole earth during the time of Noah. You all do know that Noah and his family, together with some animals and some birds, had been spared by God as they went into the ark. And then after it had rained for a very, very long time, Noah exited the ark after the water had subsided and the earth was dry. And in verse 20, the Bible tells us that When Noah came out of the ark, he built an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Then the Bible says, when the Lord smelled the sweet aroma, he said to himself, I will never again cast the ground because of the human race. Even though everything they think or imagine is bent towards evil from childhood, I will never again destroy all things. What had happened was, because of the wrong and the sin that man had committed, God brought a flood that, that, that flooded the whole earth for almost a whole entire year. It rained ceaselessly. That entire year never went through the cycle or the different seasons that we know to be. So the seasons were interrupted. The normal cycle of the seasons was interrupted as it rained for the whole year. But then after the flood of Noah, when Noah brought the offering, God said, I will never again repeat that. I'm going to get the earth back to its own cycle. You see, the earth operates through a cycle. We have the four seasons. Right now, we are coming off our winter, but it's been one of those cycles. And God says, I am reestablishing that principle. The earth will go back to its cycle. And as a matter of fact, Life as a whole goes through that cycle. Winter and summer, day and night, cold and heat. God says these things will never stop. God, in short, has established the earth to operate on this rhythm of cycles. When you read Ecclesiastes chapter 3 from verse 1, this is how it reads. It says, to everything there is a season. So everything goes through a cycle. Everything goes through this journey of going through a cycle. Then it says, there is a time to every purpose under the heaven. Verse 2, a time to be born and a time to die. So that's the cycle of life. Some people get born, some people die. That happens right through. Then it says, a time to plant, a time to pluck up or a time to reap. So we, we go through that time of planting But then we go the whole cycle and then we reap what we have planted. Verse three, this one I don't like. A time to kill and a time to heal. I don't like this one. Then it says, A time to break down and a time to build up. So this is what's happening in life. Some are coming in, some are going out. Some are building, some are destroying. Some are starting, some are finishing. Some are planting some unreaping that is the cycle of life and god says for as long as the earth remains we will go through that cycle so in the case of noah god reaffirmed that the rhythm of days and the rhythm of weeks and the rhythms of seasons would continue as long as the earth remains and god says "Seed time and harvest it will not cease Planting time and harvest time, it will never stop. Simply put, God is saying all of life is simply a journey of sowing and reaping. See, so you and I, we are constantly and unceasingly sowing and we are also reaping. This happens all the time. Now, note Galatians chapter 6. It's a very, very interesting passage how Paul takes this same principle, but he applies it in connection with the teaching of God's Word. Verse 7 and verse 8. And I'll read those two and give you the background. It reads as follows in the New King James Version Bible. He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever, somebody say whatever. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, whatever. Whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Huh? The King James says, Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Which means, I can't reap something that I didn't sow. And note what it says. It says, whatever. Are you telling me that life, all of life, is really a process or a journey of sowing and reaping? Are you telling me that things around my life, whatever I do, it's a process of sowing and reaping? Well, let's read further. Verse 8. He says, for the one who sows to his own flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap eternal life. See, so most of us, when we think about the concept of sowing and reaping, we don't realize that all of life operates on that principle. But note, oftentimes we think about this principle in the negative sense only. Think about it. We think about only the paying off our consequences because of our wrongful actions or our foolish choices. Now, that is true. But remember, the laws of the harvest are not just negative. They also work in the positive. And this is what I want our focus to be in this lesson. These laws are positive, very positive, and they stand as a promise from God. What is God saying? God is saying, you see some bad fruit in your life, Note that you can turn that around by sowing the right seed. Can I hear an amen in there? God is saying, you can initiate a process through which good things can start coming in your life by making a conscious effort that instead of sowing what is wrong, I can sow what is positive in my life. Remember, laws work all the time when you work them. Remember, laws work for anybody when you work them. Laws do not discriminate. In Galatians 6, what we have read, Paul was addressing the Christians in Galatia, the believers in Galatia. And he was encouraging them to hold fellowship with their teachers who were teaching them the right doctrine. You see, in Galatia what happened was these believers had been taught the correct gospel that you can believe on Christ, receive him as your Savior and Lord, And you you can become a child of God all by the grace of God. But then there were those whom were called Judaizers. These were Jewish people who believed that you cannot be fully saved, you cannot be fully become a child of God if you do not necessarily go by the customs of the Jews. And they would come and confuse these young believers to say, you are not Jews, you are Gentiles. You can never claim that you are believers. For you to be believers, you have to listen to all these customs and do these customs. Paul heard about that. So he writes to the church in Galatia and he says, what has happened to you? Who is this who has come and interrupted your progress? You were taught a simple gospel. That all you need to do is to believe on Christ, receive him as your Savior and Lord. But there are those who have come your way and they are confusing you with their teaching. Then he says, don't think by listening to their doctrine, it's not going to bring forth certain fruits in your life. He's saying, I'm encouraging you to stay with those who are teaching you the right thing. Don't avail yourself to the ministry of these teachers who are teaching you the incorrect gospel. Don't expose yourself to these Judaizers because they are giving you a wrong doctrine. Then Paul says to the Galatians, don't think that by exposing yourselves to wrong teaching is not going to bring wrong things in your life. Are you telling me that as I'm sitting and listening to God's word, something is been sown in my life? Are you saying that as we are sitting here this morning, this same law is being applied? Well, that's what Jesus said in Mark chapter 4. Jesus says, he speaks a parable of a sower who went out to sow and some seed fell on good ground, some on stony ground. Later on, his disciples came and asked him and said, what are you talking about? He says, well, what I'm talking about is the preacher of the word. The sower sows the word. In other words, as the word is being preached, it falls into the soil of our heart." So as we are sitting we are operating in the same law of sowing and reaping. Why? Whatever we hear affects the outcome of our life. Whatever is sown in our lives affects the destiny of our lives. And Paul is saying to them, don't ever think that God is deceived, he's not mocked. That expression that God is not mocked, it means to turn up your nose. It means to ridicule, to ignore. Paul is saying Don't think that you can plant one thing and reap something else. He's saying, don't ever assume that you can listen to wrong doctrine and have the right outcome in your life. So Paul is pressing this thought, bringing this thought home to the Galatians and saying, it is vain to think that you can outwit God by reaping a harvest different from which you as a person has sown, which implies this. Our conduct, our daily life is that of sowing and reaping. This law governs everything in our lives. Everything we do, our actions, we sow through our actions. We sow through the words we speak. It's seed time and harvest. We sow through our attitudes. We sow through our thought life. We saw through the decisions that we make. We saw through associations. We saw through obedience and disobedience. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. And so when we learn this law, then you and I get empowered to say, you know what? I can apply these laws in a positive way in my life. Can I hear an amen? amen? There are six Laws that I want to share with you concerning these laws of sowing and reaping. Six principles. Remember, we are introducing this. We will talk more about them as the weeks go by. Six laws that we want to talk about. Law number one. We reap only what has been sown. We can't reap anything else. We reap only what has been sown. See, life is filled with choices. And it's choices that affect us on an everyday basis in everything that we do. Do you realize that today, you and I, we are where we are because of the choices we've made? Of course, we will exclude other factors that were beyond our control. But at least being here today, you're here because... You decided and made a decision to be here. Our brothers from Crossroads, they decided a long time ago that they're going to travel on this trip to come to South Africa. It's a decision they made. So all of us are here because we decided to be here. So in other words, the outcome of our life is as a result of the decisions that we made yesterday. And that's an important principle that we need to teach, especially here in our nation. You know, we need to impress on people. Whatever decisions we make, they have an outcome in our lives. It is not right that some people feel that they can continue making all the wrong decisions and doing everything that's wrong, and then when things don't work out, you and I or someone else will come and rescue them. That is not right. We are here because of the decisions we've made. Of course, there are other things that we need to all be helped in when we are in a situation when we are not able to deal with certain things. But most of the times, we need to take responsibility of our lives. See, our choices affect us in a more dramatic way than we realize. God says, remember, whilst the earth remains, seed time and harvest will not cease. Paul talks about this in Ephesians chapter 5. This is what he says when you read verse 15. I read the New Century Version. He says, so be very careful how you live. Do not live like those who are not wise, but live wisely. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, live wisely. Yes. Not what he says. Next verse, he says, use every chance you have for doing good, because these are evil times. So do not be foolish, but learn what the Lord wants you to do. So, use every moment in your life to make the right choices. Use every moment in your life to do what is good. When you do that, what are you doing? You are sowing seeds to your life. So, we need that wisdom that comes from God to be able to live in this way. To, to, to be aware that every day of our lives, how we live that day in our lives, the choices we make in that day in our lives becomes our final destiny. David talks about it in Psalms chapter 90 verse 12. He says, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. So there is a way of living that shows that we have the wisdom that comes from God. And that is if we order our lives in a way where we make the right decision. That verse in the contemporary English version reads, teach us to use wisely all the time we have. So to live in a wise way means to be conscious, to be intentional in sowing the right seeds. To be conscious, to be intentional in the decisions that we make. God advises that in Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. He says, I call heaven and earth to record against this day against you. He says, I have sent before you life and death, blessing and kissing. Listen to God's advice. God says, therefore, choose life. Make the right decisions. Choose life. Every day in my life, why am I doing that? Because I'm aware I only reap what I have sown. Law number two. We reap the same in kind as we sow. In other words, I cannot sow oranges and reap tomatoes. This law is spoken about in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. God says, Let the earth bring forth grass, herb yielding seed, and the fruit of the tree yielding fruit after its kind. Wow. Verse 2 Let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed after its kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed is in itself. After its kind. So everything brings after its kind. Jesus says in John 3, 6, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. In other words, he's saying, flesh cannot give birth to spirit. You can't give birth to something that you are not. So, when we apply this in accordance to God's word, we understand that the word of God is full of different kinds of seeds. See, our lives consist of different areas. I'm a spiritual person, I'm an emotional person, I'm a relational person. I've got needs in my life. I need resources to live well, I need to walk in divine health, I need to live in divine protection. There's all different areas of needs in my life. Well, the Bible tells us, you want every area in your life to be taken care of. Here we've got different kinds of seeds that address different kinds of problems. Note, if I am walking in sickness and disease, and I don't know how to walk in divine health, I can go to God's word and check out the seed that has to do with divine healing in my life. Because remember, Jesus said, the word of God is like a seed. So when I read God's word concerning healing, and I study God's word concerning healing, and I apply God's word concerning healing, then I'm going to have healing fruit in my life that brings about healing in my life. If I'm dealing with fear in my life and I'm walking in fear, And I'm bound by a spirit of fear and I don't know how to deal with fear. Well, there's seeds in this word of God that deliver me from the spirit of fear. The book of Timothy tells us God has not given us a spirit of fear. So I can go into God's word, find out what the word of God says about living free from fear. I can plant that seed in my life and after a while, it won't happen tomorrow, but after a while, I can live free from fear. Can I hear an amen in the house? So you and I, when we plant the seed, we know then that we reap the same in kind as we sow. Somebody once said this, when you sow a thought, you will reap an act. When you sow an act, you reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap A character. So a character, reap a destiny. So we need to sow what is right in our lives. Number three. We reap in a different season than we sow. I tell you, this is so encouraging. In other words, when you sow something, you don't reap immediately, but you reap in a different season. Does it mean, therefore, it's possible to make all the right decisions, to do everything that's right and not see the fruit of it? Emphatically, yes. You know, oftentimes I've noted when we start living according to God's word, oftentimes we get so discouraged because it looks like nothing is changing. You know, somebody says, Well, I received Christ, I've been praying. I'm going to church, I'm reading the Bible, I'm doing things that's right. But when I look around, there is no evidence of that. Well, could it be that maybe you are in a different cycle at that time? Is it possible that maybe where I am right now, with the outcomes in my life and what I see happening in my life, could be the result of a seed that I sowed many, many years ago? Such that even if I've already changed my ways and I'm going a different direction, remember I'm still going through the cycle. I've only started sowing. I'm not seeing the fruit of what I have been doing. You know, many people get discouraged because they say, ah, this thing is not working. You know, God is not intervening. And the devil loves to preach that kind of sermon to you. Yeah, you see, you've been going to church for six months You are wasting your time But you see, when you understand, you must tell the devil You know what, devil, I'm just in a different cycle Whatever I've sown is going to come to pass. It may not come to pass tomorrow. You remember what the Bible says in the book of Galatians? It says, do not be weary in well-doing. Why? Because in due season you will do what? You will reap. And what's the condition? If you faint not. So the key is to understand that where I am right now might not be representing The efforts I'm putting in where I am right now. Could be I'm in just ripping things that I have sold, all the bad decisions that i sold in the past. And so, what's the key? Continue doing what's right. Continue doing what is right. Uh, keep on praying. Keep on loving God. Keep on making the right decision. Keep on going in the right direction. Don't get tired. Don't get weary. Don't get discouraged, because you are only at that time in the season of planting. You know, when, I, when we were at school in primary school, they, they taught us that. You know, we used to take the, the the seed of a bean, and we would plant it in a in a bottle. You know and uh you know and so you 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 pour soil in a bottle you plant this seed such that you can be able to see it through the transparent bottle and it was amazing you know when you sowed it uh you you have to water it would have to water every day you know and it was so interesting that after 14 days you see this seed developing something that is a root that's called the tap root you remember the tap root yeah yeah, but you are still too young to remember that. You remember that, my brother? <laughs> yes, you see, you see a little root coming out. It was so fascinating for me as a child. I'm looking at this. I say, but you know, the root only came out after 14 days. Didn't come out on the first day. Even if I was doing all the right things, I put it under the soil. I was watering it. Look at it. Nothing is happening. I thought... But you see, a seed has been pre-programmed by God to release the life inside of it when you put it in the right environment. But that life does not become released overnight. It takes a process. And then, you know, after a while, then, how many days later? Several, how many? Was it 21 days later? I don't even know. Is it 21 days later? 21 days later, then a little plant would just come out. A shoot would come out from the ground. So imagine if I didn't have a transparent bottle like that looking through. Assume I had planted that in my garden. From the outside when I looked at the garden, there wouldn't be any evidence of anything new that I had done there. Yeah. Whereas, underneath the ground, something is happening. That's what Jesus said in Mark chapter 4 when he was explaining that parable of seed time and harvest. He said, So is the kingdom of God. In other words, this is how the kingdom of God works. In other words, how God works, this is how he works. He says, as if a man should put seed into the ground. And he should go to bed night and day. Note what he says. He says, and the seed should grow, but he doesn't know how. So in other words, you put the seed in the ground. You go on with your business. All right? As long as you keep watering the seed, the seed is growing. And one day, you see a little shoot coming out. But even with a little shoot coming out, you can't harvest yet. Even with a little shoot coming out, you must still water, you must still put fertilizer And with some seeds, you must still protect the seed from the birds of the air. You must just make sure that the sun doesn't kill your plant. In other words, after you have planted, you need to have the patience to see the fruit of what you have planted. Why? Because it takes a long time for us to see the fruit. So, some of you, you may be going through that season right now. You've made all the right adjustments. You're doing all the right things. But the outcome of your life Doesn't show that you have changed things around in your life. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not going to get tired in the name of Jesus. (laughs) The harvest never comes immediately after planting. Why? Because it takes a while for the seed to grow. Plants never grow overnight. You all know that. When you look at athletes who are performing well, this athlete never became strong and proficient in one week. You know, if you want to see this kind of thing happen, you must go to the gym in January when people make New Year resolutions. (laughs) Have you ever been there? (laughs) And you know, the people of the gymnasiums, I don't know in the U.S. is it the same as here, but in South Africa, they have the highest amount of people who join the gymnasium in January. The highest number. If you go to the gym in January, it's packed out. Standing room only, if there's anything like that. And when you look at some of these guys' exercise, you can see this guy is trying to be fit in one day. I mean, when you look at the way they're running, the distances, the weights that they're pushing, you can see this guy is trying to be... But come February... Or some of you, I know why you're answering. You're one of the February people. (laughs) Come March. June is the worst when it's cold in South Africa. Nobody goes. And then you know when they're going to pick up? In September, they want to get a six-pack to go to the beach in December. Hey, what a shock. But we all know that athletes don't become strong and proficient in in a week. Children don't become full-grown human beings overnight. Even wisdom is not gained overnight. It goes through a process. The same should apply in your life. Don't be in a hurry to see the outcome of the right decisions that you have made. If you don't see any outcome, just understand the seed is growing. Somebody say the seed is growing. The seed is growing. See, Satan will be very sure to push you and press you and tell you it is not making any difference. But the seed is growing. Can I hear an amen? amen. Number four, we reap in proportion to what we sow. We reap in proportion. In other words, if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. In fact, Paul uses that principle in Second Corinthians 9.6. 9, rather. He says, "Now this I say, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully." So we need to sow the right seeds in abundance. Oh! You know, to have good outcomes in your life, you you have to work so hard. Long hours. Lots of commitment. Why? Because the whole world is wired negatively. Since the fall of Adam, the world went into a negative mode. It looks like negative and wrong things are the ones that are much more easier. I mean, if you look at your garden, the weeds grow without you doing anything. You don't have to put fertilizer. You don't have to water them. They seem to, 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 to have nine lives. It doesn't matter what you do. The weeds are there. But goodness, you want to have a good garden. You have to work so hard. Fertilizer, manure. You have to spray the, the weeds, kill them, take them out. Water so many times a day. Hey! And after all that, when you look at the fruit, it's not encouraging at all. And then one week, you are not giving attention. And all of a sudden, all the weeds that were gone for the last three months, they all come back in three days. That's just the way life is. looks like the world is wired in a negative way. You know, certain things are easy to gain weight. How many of you know it's easy to gain weight? All you have to do is just eat, just gain weight. You just look at the food, you gain weight. I mean, my goodness, to lose weight. Oh, it's difficult to carve a disciplined life. It's much more easier to be lazy, much more easier to sleep a little longer. And not put any effort. It looks like everything that's negative is very easy. It's much easier to be a bad husband. (laughs) Don't say amen too loud if you're sitting next to your husband. Come on now. I tell you, it's much easier. Much more easier to let things fall apart. You know? I mean, if you have a car, it's much more easier to let it fall apart than maintain it. A house cleaning is not nice. The fruit are good, man. It's not nice. Particularly to clean properly. It's just not nice at all. Reading and studying. Oh merit. I tell you, I can hear the voice oh, it comes from the heart. It's difficult. But that's what it's about. That's what it's about. We need to do much more. Sow good seeds, much more. That's why the Bible says we must not be weary in doing good. We must do it abundantly. We must do it more. We must plant bountifully. Do good things. Be good to people. Live in a good way. Make the right decision. Yes, it's not easy. Yes, it's difficult, but so bountifully, so plentifully. Do much more, but you're going to reap one day. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Can I hear an amen? Amen. If you want to reap good fruit in your life, sow good fruit bountifully. But our world, as I said, is pre-programmed to negativity and failure. And that's what it's about. Number what? Number five. You reap only when you persevere in working the law of sowing and reaping. I've already illustrated that. Anyone who's ever planted a garden knows that it cannot be planted and then forgotten. So that you read the Bible once, and you prayed once, and you went to church once, and you told your wife you love her once, huh? and you told your children you loved them once and you became a good wife once and a good father once. You have to do much more than that. You need to continue persevere. Look at them and say persevere. persevere. Say it again, persevere. persevere. You see, a garden requires continued labor and continued care in order to reap an abundant harvest. So even in your spiritual life, you must continue practicing the laws of the Spirit. You've got to continue, continue reading the Bible, continue praying, continue living right, continue doing that right, continue doing what you are doing. And God will see to it that the fruit comes to pass. Number what? Number what? Number six, sorry, I'm just skipping. Number six, I want to illustrate something. Number six, I love this one. We can't do anything about last year's harvest. Right? I mean, I planted weeds last year. I'm reaping weeds right now. However, note, much as we can't do anything about last year's harvest, we can do something about this year's harvest. See, I I, I can't change what happened yesterday, but my goodness, I can change my future. Every good seed that we sow God is aware of it. And when you do what's right and you make the right decisions, you follow God's will, you make the right choices, and you become intentional, you'll see the good harvest. And all these good choices in life, when we make them, we make them because I'm saying, I don't want to be held hostage by my yesterday. I can't do anything about last year. However, I'm going to plan what is good for my future, even if it takes long. Let me show you a good story here in Acts chapter 10, if you can go there with me. And this story will illustrate all the points that we have been talking about. Laws work for everybody. They don't discriminate. Whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, young or old, no matter where you live, Laws work for everybody. Number two, whatever seed you plant, you're going to get the fruit of it, even if it's after many years. We read a story of a man here by the name of Cornelius, and I'm reading in the New King James Version. It reads as follows. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. He was a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. Now, note This man is not a Jew, right? As you can see there. He's a Roman soldier. He hasn't at this point, as we read, he hadn't yet come to the knowledge of Christ. The gospel hadn't been preached to him. But note verse 2. He was a devout man, one who feared God. You know, there are people who whose conscience and whose lifestyle is that of fearing God, even if they haven't come into full knowledge of Christ. This was that kind of man. Note, he feared God with all his household. So it means this Roman soldier, not only did he follow God as an individual, he led his entire family to follow God with him. This is a good man. How many of you say this is a good man? No, this is a good guy. See, this guy, he's taking care of his home. He's an example in his family. He's leading his family in the right path. Maybe not all the light is shining, maybe he doesn't know everything, but at least this man is making the right decisions. Huh? He's intentional about the way he lives, he's calculative about the decisions he's making, he is following God. Now, note what it says He's a devout man who feared God with all his family. Next thing it says, he gave arms generously. So, not only is this guy making the right decisions, not only is he leading his family in the right direction, this brother is a very generous man. See, he is a giver. He is giving. How many of you know? You saw by giving. He is he's very generous. He gives. Not only is he giving arms, I love what it says. It says he gave generously. Somebody say Generously. Tell your neighbor generously. This brother was not stingy. This brother is giving generously to the people. And note the next expression. And not only is he giving, not only is he leading his family, not only is he a devout man, but it says, and he prayed to God how often? How often? How often? Not only when is in trouble. Not only when he is feeling good. This brother is doing this always. What is he doing? He is sowing seeds. Yeah. Life is simply that. It's seed time and harvest time. Everything we do in life, it's seed time and harvest time. Now note verse 3. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision... An angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, What did he say? Your what? Your what? Your what? Your prayers. And your what? What has happened? They have come up as a what? As a what? Before who? Are you saying what this guy did secretly, heaven was taking a notice of it? Huh? He goes into his bedroom, he's praying there in his closet. Nobody sees, nobody is aware, nobody is there to witness, but this brother, whatever he's doing there, huh? this man as he's giving, even if other people don't know, heaven is taking notice. You see, you see very often we, we want to act like we don't know why certain things are happening in our lives. Why? Because nobody saw me when I slipped off secretly to go and do such and such. Nobody saw me. Nobody was there. But Paul says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. God sees where other people don't see. But in the same way, when you are doing the right things, God is aware. Can I hear an amen in the house? You may not see a change now. You may not see a transformation now. You may be struggling Privately where you are. But you are holding on to the right decision. But I want you to know God is aware of what you are doing. And heaven is putting a record on what you are doing. Like we say in Soweto. One day is one day. One day is one day. And it came before God. Let's read further. I love this. It says your prayers, your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Verse 5. Now sent men to Joppa and sent for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He's lodging with Simon Atena, whose house is by the sea. And he will tell you what you must do. So God is starting to orchestrate things supernaturally. (laughs) I tell you, God knows how to orchestrate things supernaturally. Here is Cornelius. He's in one part of the land. He's praying. He's following God. And as he sees the vision, God in another town, he is preparing another guy who is going to be an answer to this guy's need. Yeah. See, when we saw and when we do what is right, God will orchestrate supernatural interventions in our lives. Yeah. Yeah even when you don't know where the answer is going to come from, even if you don't know when the answer is going to come, even if you don't know how the answer is going to come, but you can be rest assured that God in heaven, he is aware of your need and is going to move things around. So I send men to Joppa. Let them go there. He will tell you what you must do. Verse 7. When the angel spoke to him and he had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants, And a devout soldier from among those who waited on him, he explained everything, Sent them off. Verse 9. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near to the city, Peter, this is some other guy, who is on the housetop praying about the sixth hour. When he became very hungry and he wanted to eat, while he was making ready, he fell into a trance and saw so heaven open, and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and let down to the earth. In it, there were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts creeping things, birds of the air, and a voice came to him and said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord. I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And the voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven. Verse 17. What? That's what it means right there. Here he's thinking, he's just seen something. Now, you know, this is a very important verse for me. While he's thinking about what he had seen, behold, men who had been sent from the house of Cornelius, you remember them? You remember them? They had made inquiry for Simon's house and they stood at the gate. So, yes, Peter is right in the the upper room there. He's thinking about what he has just seen. As he's thinking about it, these men arrive at the house where he is. They called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Arise therefore, go down. Go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Oh, God is orchestrating things. Can you just see this whole thing come together? Eh? Verse 21. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I'm the one whom you are looking for. Why have you come? They said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God who has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to someone new to his house to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged with them. On the next day, Peter went away with them, and some brethren from Joppa, they accompanied him. Now note verse 24. The following day, they entered Caesarea. Now Colenius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. I love this one. See, this brother who has been sowing what is good, harvest time is about to come. And the good thing is even those who are not sowing with him can come and reap the benefits of his harvest time. Huh? I see people reaping the benefits of your harvest time. <laughs> you've been praying, you've been doing all the nice things. Now when harvest time comes, he still shares with them. He calls them, come over here. Verse 25, as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. If it was some of us, we would have asked him, where's your offering? (laughs) If it was the things that happened today, we would have said this, we would have made ourselves much more than what we were. But note what Peter says, verse 26, but Peter lifted him up. He said, stand up. I myself am a man just like you. And as he talked to him, he went in and found many who had come together. Now note, then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for me, a Jew, to keep company with you, go to other nations. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. In other words, when Peter walked into the house of Cornelius, only then did he understand what he saw over there. (laughs) Which means this, if God gives you a, a vision or a dream, you don't have to go to any prophet to explain to you. Oh, come on, somebody. If a prophecy comes from God or a dream comes from God, God will make sure you understand what it means. So all along, Peter didn't understand. Why did I see all this? So when he walks in, he says, oh, so this is what I saw. God is orchestrating things. I'm saying God is orchestrating things for you. I said God is orchestrating things for you. God moves things around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 29, he says, therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent. And I asked then, for what reason have you sent me? You can read it from verse 30. So Peter starts preaching. Note verse 44. I want to end with that. In verse 44, it says, whilst Peter was preaching. You can imagine what is going through his mind. He's thinking, I'm not supposed to be with these people, but God told me to come to them. You know, I'm not supposed to relate with them as a Jew. I just wonder, you know, but, but at least he's obedient. He's preaching. Even if he doesn't understand, he's just preaching. And God thought, this guy is so confused. I won't even wait for him to make the altar call. Note verse 44. It says, while Peter was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who hear the word. What happened? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They had a powerful move of God. Where did, this power, where did this powerful move of God start? It started many years ago. Many years ago. Yeah, when he was praying every day, there was no results. <laughs> Giving every day, no results. Doing something that's good, no results. But what did he do? He kept on doing it. He didn't become weary. He didn't become tired in well-doing. And I want to advise you, my brother, my sister, don't get weary. Don't get tired. Keep on doing what you are doing. Why? Because in a due season, you will reap if you faint not. Why? God will remember you in the same way he remembered the giving of Cornelius. In the same way he heard the prayers of Cornelius. God will remember you. Why? Because as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. It's a principle that works. Right now, you may be feeling like stopping what you've been doing because things are not changing. I hope the story of Cornelius is showing you. I said, I hope the story of Cornelius is showing you. Even though you, 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 it looks like God's not hearing, God is keeping record. God is very aware of what you're doing. You know, one of the most blessing things I've ever seen in the church here, and I say this because every time I see it, it really brings a lot of emotion to me. I know people who started years ago coming, and not because it's our church, by the way, They could go to any church. But they made the right decisions concerning God in their lives. And I know many of them who at a point as they came, you could see, because some we've counseled and talked to them, they were really going through a lot of problems and struggles. Some women raising children single-handedly. Man has walked away, abandoned his family, abandoned his home. And here's this poor woman having to take care of all these children by herself, working hard, playing all these different roles. And you could see at a point, some of them, they, they just feel so spent. It's so difficult for them. And I watched some of them over time. 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. I remember the one, the one time they introduced their one of their children to me who had finished, I think they had a BCOM degree or something. Yeah. And here's this child, serving God, fully qualified. Now they're going to work. And the other one is about to finish school and the other one is doing this and then the children come in and they start helping mommy, raising the standard. Some of them saying, my mother, she raised us in this home, I'm going to build a new house for her. Oh and I watch that and I say this lady when she was praying when she took all those children winter time went to church with them when she tried her best with a little salary to take care of them but she continued making the right decisions be not weary in well doing what happened? she couldn't change the fact that the man has left but she could plant for her future oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah some of you you may be exactly at that situation right now where you are everything around you is preaching negativity to you everything around you is telling you things are not going to work out but remember There's a law that God has set. There's a law that will be there for as long as the earth exists. Continue sowing the right seeds. Continue making the right choices. Continue doing what is pleasing to God. Continue sticking to what the word of God says. I found out sometimes, even if there's pain in your heart, continue doing what is right. Even if your emotions tell you to give up, just get up and push yourself and do what is right in the name of Jesus. For in due season, you will rip if you faint not. Will you raise your hands as we pray together? Can you raise your voice and let's thank God for his word. Everybody, just pray and thank God for his word. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet. We thank you that your word is a light on our path. We thank you that the entrance of your word brings light. It gives understanding to the simple. Thank you that today we decide to make the right decisions. Oh God, we will be intentional about the decisions that we make. Oh God, we will be consistent about continuing in the right decision making. We will not be weary in well-doing. For we know that in due season we will reap. If we faint not. Continue praying in the wild. We thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you that you are Lord of Lords.